We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. Just one more thing. Hey now. Oh boy. Holy mechanical armies. Mom always liked you best. Oh, she did. <laughs> you wanted to be one word. What is the other word? One of these days. Are we having fun yet? It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Now, you might very well think that, but of course I couldn't possibly comment. Bertie Helens agreed. Oh, come on! Missed it by that much. Good evening. Hello and welcome to the Televerse, Sound on Sight's TV podcast. This is Kate Kulzik and I'm joined as ever by Simon Howell. Simon. Yes? How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going. <laughs> it's, it's going. <laughs> Hey, it's uh, it's since next week it's going to be too late. I guess I can say happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, it's happy almost my birthday. Uh, at this point, I have a big party planned ish, big for me. I like the small gatherings, which should make Comic Con interesting. Um, but we're gonna play some board games, have some drinks, maybe go see Spider Man. We'll see how I'm feeling about that. On I don't the day. think you want that kind of disappointment on your birthday. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the case. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so it should be fun. Thank you very much. Um, let's, uh, speaking of Comic-Con, I'm going to mention up at the top here, uh, I'm going to be going to Comic-Con. There's, we're going to have a, instead of a DVD shelf this week, we have a preview of the, what the TV programming is going to be like at Comic-Con, what the panels are going to be. So I will also mention that, uh, there's going to be a Comic-Con meetup put on by Warner Archive, Battleship Pretension, and Criterion Cast, which are three fabulous podcasts. And I will be, that I will be going to. So if you're going to be there, uh, you should come to this meetup and say hi and all that good stuff. It's going to be on Thursday, July 12th from 8 to 10 at Dublin Square. Um, and they're going to be free drinks. So thank you very much uh, ahead of time to Warner Archive Battleship Potential and Criterion Cast for covering the drinks. That's pretty cool. Yes? Yes. That's not usually money that podcasts have to throw around. So somebody, somebody lost a bet. Somebody. Um, we got a bunch of comments and tweets from you guys this week. Thank you so much. We heard from Mario, who's enjoying Jessica on True Blood, and he's liking uh, Bunheads, and he can't wait for Breaking Bad. So that's all of us, really, who can't wait for Breaking Bad, I think. Yes, it is. And then I heard from Bruce and Amanda, who were cheering me on as I uh, start, as I watched Anger Management, and then some Batman talk with Keith, uh, Ken, and Cameron, as well as some West Wing uh, back and forth with the previously on guys. Uh, now, you haven't seen West Wing, right? Uh, no, and unless we do a shelf on it, I probably won't ever watch it. So uh, both you and Sean haven't seen West Wing at all and aren't particularly interested, whereas David and I both love the West Wing and think you guys should check it out. And I enjoy that bit of symmetry. So I will say I, I, I'm just going to have to find a guest and schedule a West Wing DVD shelf so that you have to watch some. Yes, you will have to do that. That is literally the thing that you will have to be given to watch the West Wing. <laughs> well, Very good. Is there like a trade-off show? Is there a show that you can make me watch? You know, then... Uh, I don't know. Have you seen Wonder Showsen yet? Nope, I have not, and I'm not interested uh, that, either. But... Oh, that could be either either Wonder Showsen or Xavier Renegade Angel, which is which is probably the most insane thing ever committed to whatever the TV equivalent of celluloid is. Uh, it's yeah, it's really not meant for human consumption. <laughs> 
Well, we can, we'll have to work something out. We'll see uh, what it's like, what we can uh, put together here going forward. We didn't get any new ratings in iTunes this week, but uh, I will, as ever, repeat our plea. If you like the podcast, if you're, uh, if you're following us, uh, please drop into iTunes and give us uh, either a rating or a review. It really does help us out. And we love all of our fabulous listeners who have given us ratings and reviews. So, And we're very grateful. Of course, we also love our listeners who haven't, but, uh, but it would be nice if you did. Speak for yourself. I'm ambivalent towards them at best. No, not really. <laughs> I, I like all of you grudgingly, but I like you more when you rate us. <laughs> so, Simon, what is new at Sound On Sight this week? Well, um, uh, I wrote a top 10 uh, because you've been so slack. I, I have. I the article. So I, I wrote a top 10 episodes of 2012 so far, one episode per series. So none of that piling on with Breaking Bad or Fringe or anything. Although not, it wouldn't be piling on at this point, but Mad Men definitely would. And Justified totally would have, but uh, they only got one each. So that's how it goes. Same deal to everyone. Uh, so that's been up since I would say Thursday. Uh, we just put up a review. I know J- Josh just reviewed Spider-Man for us, and uh, that's been heavily anticipated by some people who don't know what they should be anticipating. We of course have our usual roundup of podcasts. We just did a Steven Soderbergh show with Magic Mike and Sex Lies and Videotape. And also, I just want to mention that in in advance, if I'm extra snarky today, I'm just not sleeping very well. So I'm taking it out on um, everyone who isn't me. You're but, taking it out on Charlie Sheen. I'm just going to uh, guess. Uh, well, uh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? But uh, no, that, that would be that would be wrong. He's He's been through enough. I think it's time he had a second chance. <laughs> Not really. I will mention, as much as I have been slacking, I am putting up uh, today. I, actually, at this point, it should already be up. Uh, my Comic-Con TV preview. We're going to talk through that later in the podcast. But if you're looking uh, for a list of what all the TV programming is at Comic-Con, you can go over to Sound on Site, and it'll be all listed up there. And I'm going to try to make a, like a handy-dandy chart thing, too. Um, we'll see if the format is nice, if, if the website likes that or not. But uh, that that should be up um, by the end of the today, definitely. So so I'm getting, I'm dipping my toe back in the water. I promise to come back full force in August once I get through what has been a busy, a hectic few months. Um, I will be back writing articles and top five lists and et cetera. All right. So let's get in. Yeah, let's just get into our weekend TV, and we'll start on Wednesday with "So You Think You Can Dance." And they showed the, their top twenty. They revealed the top twenty dancers: uh, ten men and ten women. And then they had several different dance numbers. Uh, that most of them were fantastic. One of the things that I particularly enjoy um, enjoyed about the episode, and it, I would guess that it, this will be most of the show as well, is how much uh, uh, how much of a nod and how much airtime they give to the choreographers of each of the dances. So it's not just um, all the praises and just heaped on the dancers themselves, but also on the, you know, the creative process of, you know, what the story is supposed to be and how it got put together and et cetera. So I, I, again, I'm really enjoying, so you think you can dance. Um, there were a couple people uh, that I wasn't, I was a little surprised to see get through, not because they're not talented, but just because the editing, you know, didn't, build them up so I didn't you know I was surprised when they got through there wasn't anybody who we had spent time with who didn't get through 
though. So that made it a little less nerve-wracking to watch because you kind of knew if you had been spending any time with this person in the past couple weeks that they were going to get through. But otherwise, it was a really fun show, and I can't wait to see them uh, uh, get get into the actual competition stage. So it should be fun. And next we have Futurama Decision 3012. And, you know, obviously they're election episode and my benchmark my, my personal uh sort of requirement of an election season episode is is it adequately cynical and on that score i think i think this did a pretty good job yeah i like the way that uh it it i mean cause i enjoy the time travel whenever they do it on the show i thought that was fun and playful enough that the fact that the parodies the things that it was skewering is so old and at least jokes have all been made um, but it was, like I said, it was playful enough that I didn't mind that. And then just the way that it manages to both be incredibly cynical about the political process, but justify that through time travel paradoxes was, uh, just made my little geek heart go pitter pat. So it was pretty fun. I was, I was also happy that, um, I was happy that they included the callback to, uh, to Fry and his, um, and his tattoo, his birthmark or yeah, tattoo, tattoo or whatever that was. <laughs> Uh, that was a nice. That was a nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. Not a spectacular episode by any means, but I thought pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun. And I guess let's move on to the next one, which is 2012, which is um, a mockumentary on on BBC. It aired the first season last year um, in in the UK, and then the second season this year. It's only ten episodes, and the the airing schedule for this is very strange because I was looking it up. Because I was somewhat puzzled. The reason this is on Thursday is because the first episode aired on Thursday here on BBC America. But they had aired the first three episodes on Thursday. And then I believe episodes four and five were on Saturday and Sunday. And then episode uh-huh. six is going to be next Saturday. It's very strange. Um, I watched the first three episodes. They're each about 40 minutes long. Um, probably about 30 minutes with uh, without commercials. Uh, but I, I was not particularly impressed. As much as I did enjoy uh, watching Hugh Bonneville get something different to do from Lord Grantham, you know, as much as I do enjoy Jessica Hines, I think she's a lot of fun here. It it's just just a bit too tedious for me to watch back to back to back. So maybe if I was just you know if it was a little shorter, you know, if I didn't have to fast forward through the commercials, if I was watching it you know in the UK or something like that, maybe it would come off differently or the it would land a bit more but um but for me it was not quite diverting enough to to get me to go past that initial dvr recording of the first three episodes yeah i i didn't have time to get to it but i i was excited to see jessica hines showing up on anything again because she hasn't graced our tv screens in quite a while although she's been involved in writing quite a bit uh it's a little it's too bad it doesn't quite seem to measure up to the standard i was hoping it would yeah, I would say maybe hunt out one of the episodes to to watch some of her because I think she, she she's a lot of fun and she's playing a a, a, a different character from her, of course her role in Spaced, but with a somewhat similar comedic uh, bent to it or, or the timing is somewhat similar. Um, so I really enjoyed watching her, just you know having seen her progress and it's great to see her working i want to see her in more things um but yeah as for me at least i wouldn't say it's something you need to see right away um and i'm I'm surprised they're not trying to time that out more with the start of the olympics but yeah you'd think wouldn't you you'd think but you know 
Anyways. We don't work in television, obviously, for a reason. You should go to the next uh, Thursday. The Thursday was a big night for uh, for premieres and lots of ratings. And, of course, that means awkward. That's right. We're going to talk about that other terrible premiere later in the show. But for now, let's talk about the other premiere that got a lot of viewers uh, and was a big Did it get a lot of viewers? For MTV. It, yes, it did very well. So this was nice. season two of premiere of Awkward Resolutions. And what did you think? I thought this was pretty solid. Although, you know what's funny? And I'm sure, I'm sure you had the same thought. I'd never associated the characters of Tamara on Awkward with Shoshana from Girls. Oh, but I it didn't, been, but it's... Oh, you're right. It should have been so obvious because they're total... They're the they're same. like shadows of each other. Um, anyway, um, I thought it was pretty solid. At, as per usual, it's got that great rapid-fire uh, dialogue and voiceover that's really nicely edited and, and well-timed. Uh, my concern is I'm, I really don't care about the love triangle aspect. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're pushing it really, really hard, which is really unfortunate because... I feel like there's there's so much goodness floating around in this show and they're just not really using it to the hilt. I mean, especially the supporting cast is just fantastic. And there's there's so many the the other female characters that are sort of floating around the periphery just need more to do because they're so much fun to watch and I'm I'm worried they're not gonna they're not gonna get enough to do. But hopefully, you know, now that they've gotten the establish establishing points of the, you know, sort of main love triangle, which is a bit of a bore to me, like I said. Now that they've got that out of the way, hopefully it'll just sort of, you know, bubble up now and again. And then, of course, in a big way in the finale, and they'll get to focus more on sort of the comic elements that are on the sidelines. Oh, Simon, for once, you are more optimistic than I am. This is this is strange. I'm not used to this. This does not huh. feel quite right. Uh, but I don't think they're anywhere close to done with that love triangle. I think that we're going to be seeing that all season. And... I mean, I, 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 you know, I enjoy a good love triangle on an entertaining show as much as the next person who likes love triangles on entertaining shows. So I'm not as averse to it as you are, but I, st- I get frustrated watching shows where the characters are supposed to be realistic. It's supposed to be in a somewhat realistic setting and not as heightened as, you know, some of the soaps out there, your, your vampire diaries, your other shows like this. When, when a character doesn't just choose somebody and go with it, I, I get annoyed. So... I'm hoping that won't bug me this season, but uh, yeah, for once, I am less rosy on on where I think that's going to go than you are. Fair enough. But as for the rest, I absolutely agree. Strong cast. I can't believe I didn't make the Shoshana connection, but you're absolutely right. That's that's hilarious. And I'm going to enjoy watching the rest of the season with that perspective, uh, that filter kind of added on there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I the one who was the biggest surprise to me, I hadn't realized how much I missed her was, I don't even remember the character's name, let alone the actress's name, but the bully. Uh, I, yes. I, she came on screen. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I love her. So I'm looking forward to the season. Yeah, she's so good. And actually, just in that first scene when she shows up and is and is berating her ex-best friend, I just had a huge <laughs> grin on my face the whole time because I hadn't realized how much I missed having her on my TV screen. The, honestly, there are days, I hope that there's going to be episodes that are just themed around her. Mm-hmm. Like she gets a whole episode to herself. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. So that it was great to have Awkward back on our TVs, but as we were saying, welcome back to Awkward. We are also saying goodbye to Eagle Heart, which had its finale, Old Gary. Um, as much as Eagle Heart, I mean, if I understand the show right, I know I didn't catch the season one finale, but it doesn't really feel like this is a show that does 
finales. Not really. It just happens to be the last episode. Although, I mean, if if the show is over, which, I mean, I don't know if it's gotten renewed yet or not, then I guess this is as good a way to go out as any. <laughs> you know, going millennia into the future and watching mankind implode and, and you know, our beloved Marshall has turned into a tree person. This, I feel like I say this every week, but this one was exceptionally weird. <laughs> See, it didn't seem like it didn't really work for me. It was one of the miss episodes, unfortunately, uh, for me this season. But it did. It still didn't feel as weird as alien hobos drinking Sterno. So, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it's fair just enough. Me. I, I, I did. It, it wasn't the funniest episode. I did enjoy the way it kept sort of pivoting. Like, okay, it, it, we, the setup is this is an episode about eco terrorists, and then no, this is an episode about, um about sustainable development no this is an episode about falling in sort of a reverse evil dead situation and a tree <laughs> baby and i really have no idea what this episode was about but I, I did enjoy some of the uh some of the dialogue earlier in the episode and i believe we had an appearance from the weed dealer from justified which was enter entertainingly random and actually i think the biggest laugh out of me was just maria thayer saying i hate the people i know that's exactly what I was going to mention, actually. That was by far my favorite line. Her delivery is perfect. So, yeah, I mean, there were still a few laugh-out-loud moments. For, or just um, and Brett stops trying to swallow his tongue and his blood comes out of his mouth. Thanks, buddy. That also worked for me as well. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, where would you put the season on the other in comparison to the other comedies that we've been following? Uh, I, I can't really compare Adult Swim comedies to anything except other Adult Swim comedies, uh, because they're sort of in their own league. I would say this is still a notch or two below Children's Hospital, mm -hmm. but I mean, st still, still entertainingly random and pretty consistent. If you know, if I, I agree that it's, it occasionally has its off episode, but I'm always glad to have it around. It's a nice palate cleanser after you know stuff like the newsroom, which we'll get to later. <laughs> we'll get to later. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's not quite as successful uh, for me as, as Children's Hospital. And as much as I do enjoy the show, and I'm glad that uh, I've started watching it, I'm trying to branch out a little bit more in my in my comedic viewing. Uh, and so Eagleheart is one of those sh new shows for me, and Wilfred is another, and Archer this past year has been another. It still, does, it still won't probably rank in my, if I were to make a top five comedies of the year, um, or maybe even top five comedies so far this year, but I think that says more about how much entertaining programming there is on TV, totally. you know, this year, as opposed to anything about Eagleheart not being good. So uh, I hope it comes back for season three. I'm I'm fairly certain it will. Now, unfortunately, one of the other shows I'm fairly certain will get a season three uh, is Anger Management, which aired its pilot uh, this this week. Charlie goes back to therapy. I don't. It's clearly no coincidence that the main character is named Charlie, and which is of course his name, but also the name of his character on, on Two and a Half Men. Um, so the the deal for for production deal for Anger Management is what people call the Tyler Perry deal, which is they. Um, produce 10 episodes and if it gets good enough ratings it gets picked up for an additional 90 taking them to the 100 episode threshold for syndication um, and then they make the 100 episodes in the course of a, a couple years so they just really churn them out uh, so I don't think there is a way given especially what we know about how well it did in the ratings that this show won't get its back 90 <laughs> Jesus what a scary thought eh 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, I, clearly, I'm not a fan uh, based on what I've been saying. What do you think? Do you think it's going to get its back 90? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, first of all, I'm confused about Charlie Sheen getting the Tyler Perry deal. Because the thing with Tyler Perry is, you know, he so clearly has an audience and knows who that audience is. And that audience is pretty much always going to be really hyped up about Tyler Perry stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that seems, but I'm not really sure if people are always going to be excited about Charlie Sheen stuff. I don't know if that's really the case. Well, if they're not going to be, what, what the hell's going to take? Because they showed up in droves for this pilot. Uh, well, yeah, at least droves as far as FX goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, I guess we should just get to the show. I mean, I, you know, after all the, you know, there have been so many columns very rightly saying, why do we give people like Charlie Sheen another chance? Why do we entertain people like this? And they're all right. And I was sitting there waiting to be outraged and I was just bored. It was just lame and not funny. And I, I was going to say it's like a waste of tremendous talent but it isn't really i mean you know i guess selma blair is okay but Michael i don't Boatman. really have any yeah i mean a few yeah there's a few people sort of floating around that are all right but there's no i, I don't consider it like a tragic misallocation of resources um i mean if anything it's sort of a waste of a decent premise for a sitcom i guess mm -hmm. in like in different hands with a, with a less odious cast and you know sort of more original but it's just it's so weird to see a doggedly traditional multi-camera laugh track comedy on FX, especially on FX Thursdays. Yeah. Just, just creatively, it's, it's a, it's so obviously just a purely craven commercial move. And it, you know, if I were in their position, I would be stupid to pass up that opportunity. Absolutely. But creatively, it makes no sense. Yeah. And it's just for a show that has a first for a network that has so successfully created a, a strong brand for itself as a place for, edgy and interesting and uh more fringe programming particularly with its comedies but also with its dramas uh this you know, the it's unfortunate it's, it's disappointing and hopefully it's going to be an outlier and not the start of a trend i mean you can't blame them for wanting to to get more viewers and and higher ratings and to, to make money, because that's what their job is. Their job is to make money. But it would be nice if this many people were watching Louie or were watching, I really enjoyed Wilfred or or even um, Archer and, and Always Sunny and the other shows that are on FX that are so much better. This is just forgettable, at least the yeah. pilot. Apparently the second episode is not forgettable in the worst ways, but the pilot is just absolutely mediocre and forgettable. Yeah, my, my commitment to covering Charlie Sheen stuff stops at one episode. I know they aired both episodes that night, but God, God, don't ask me to watch two. I'm sorry. Let's move on to a cheerier topic, though, at least for me. And we had uh, episode two of Wilfred Letting Go. I really like this one. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was fun. I do worry that, I mean, I guess you didn't see the first season, so it may not be as much of an issue for you. But I worry about them sort of constantly replaying the same relationship beats between Wilfred and Ryan, which we get again here, although we get some a variant on it thanks to the inclusion of the Chris Klein character. And uh, I mean, I guess there's some indication that maybe Ryan won't be chasing around the um, Jenna for, you know, just like a sad puppy, so to speak, uh, which he's been doing for roughly 15 episodes. 
which is good. Uh, I'm just hoping that they can actually, you know, sort of do what they're promising and kind of move on and switch things up a bit. Now, for me, I, I enjoyed Chris Klein. I enjoyed um, the little bit we get of Allison Mack here. But the reason I enjoyed this as much as I did is I got such a kick out of watching Wilfred interact with Jellybean, the actual dog. Uh, now, is this something that they've done several times before? I don't remember. I feel like it's happened at least once or twice before. I, it's This is probably the most extensively it's happened, which leads to um, leads to lines about how we know you've got tasty balls. Don't wave it in everyone's face. <laughs> which, you, which you know that, 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 that this is actually one of the episodes that's heaviest on stupid dog humor, which they're really, really fond of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which if you can get behind that, it's great. And if not, you're going to have trouble with Wilfred in general, I think. Yeah, I really was enjoying that, as well as all the Packers uh, humor. Having an entire family of cheeseheads, I enjoyed that aspect as well. So it sounds like I'm a little more positive than you on the episode, but I think we're both feeling optimistic about the season in general. Well, yeah, I I have faith that they'll do some more interesting things. Okay. And it was definitely funny, just not mind-blowing. Speaking of not necessarily mind-blowing, let's move on to True Blood. Uh, We'll meet again. And I'm just going to, that's all I'll say to, towards about my opinion on the episode, because I want to hear what you have to say about it um, and really where, where, where True Blood is going. Um, well, as I feel like I need to mention every time we talk about True Blood, I'd never seen anything before this season, so I really don't know where any of this is going or what's always relevant. I'm still confused about this Iraq segment and why we're supposed to care. It doesn't seem to have any supernatural element at all, and... I don't know how it relates to the other characters, really. Um, the The fairy element is strange to me, <laughs> just in general, as as a fit with everything else in the series. It's just it feels like there's this sort of really fantastical, whimsical element that's in the midst of all this, you know, all these gory elements. And I'm not really sure how that meshes. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I mean, I thought it was fine, sort of on par with the other two. I don't, I'm not really getting a quality difference between these episodes so far, really. For me, what has separated out the episodes I've enjoyed more from the ones I've enjoyed less uh, tends to be I don't care about the, this war buddy story as much as I do really enjoy the character of Terry Belfour and his that you know family dynamic. Um, I. I don't need to spend, you know, a third of the episode on it or a quarter of the episode on it. And as the characters get further apart and more separated, I become less interested. Um, also, the 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 sookie angst with the love triangle or pentagon or whatever you want to call it um, is uh, a little. Uh, not a little overplayed for me, so I'm not interested in that. Plus, it's just kind of hard to like somebody for in this case, Alcide, who, uh, or or even Suki, who it seems like, oh, I killed your girlfriend and you covered for me. I can do whatever I want, and so now I'm gonna thank you for helping me out by sleeping with you. When the two, when that has always been something that they both said was a bad idea, and it, it just seems like a too much of a clear trade of sexual favors for lying to the cops for me. So it kind of, it gets kind of squicky and gross, you know, if we're supposed to care about that relationship as a relationship, 
then I think they needed to bring those couple th- those characters together in a less gross kind of circumstance. Um, and also just like Chekhov's tooth is hiding under the the fridge, so yeah, just seems I just keep waiting for that to come back, which we know it will. I kind of wish they would get that over with. Um, but uh, that along with I don't I really don't care about the vampire religion stuff. That makes up a big part of the episode as well. So I feel like I'm kind of waiting for a lot of the season to kick in and that it's sort of treading water. Do you, any of this, you know, hitting a note with you or not really? Well, I, I definitely agree about the Iraq stuff. I don't see the relevance at all. Um, so out of curiosity, what are you interested in? Um, I am interested in the coming war between the vampires and the fairies. That should be interesting. Oh, uh, fairy blood is like crack for vampires, and if they drink fairy blood, they can walk in the sunlight for a while. So that's what that's about. And they're, the vampires hunted fairies practically to extinction to the point where they had to leave and go to like a different plane so that they could survive. And they're also very interested in making half-fairy babies, including Sookie and and Jason-ish. Uh, they're like descended from a fairy king. I got king. that part. Anyway, so that's uh, that's what's going on with that. So I'm more interested in that. Uh, I'm slightly interested in the what's going on with the sheriff, and and because that's a holdover from last season. Um, I'm interested in in Lafayette, um, in where that's going. Uh, there's, I mean, I and I mean, I very much enjoy the the Tara and Pam dynamic. I thought the scenes with Eric and and Pam were really great this week. So there still are elements to the show that I'm interested in. Um, what about what about you? Uh, that sounds about right. I mean, I I'm not as I think I think th- I'm finding the vampire mythology stuff kind of interesting, mostly because it's new to me, mm-hmm. um, and because you know it provided some some enjoyable blowing up a kid with a steak action this week. Well, but. There, for me, there was no suspense in that scene because you knew it had to be the kid because kids age, so you're not going to keep a kid vampire around for very long. Uh, well, I didn't even think about that, but I mean, yeah, it became obvious very quickly that he was going to get exploded. <laughs> it, but they're very good at their exploding, and the the the, uh, the just the way they did the blood splatter on Chris Maloney was effective, I would say, as much as I still am not interested in that character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think we're pretty much on the same page, except I just have even less of an idea of where any of this is going than you do. Well, it'll be fun to see sort of how long, especially as some of these other series start kicking in. Um, I'm curious to see, are, are, do you think you're going to stick with this for the rest of the season, or do you think you might wander away from it as we get more uh, options? I Well, we'll see. I, I'm. It's fairly, it's more enjoyable than some other things that we're watching. <laughs> <clears throat> um, coming up next... <laughs> So well, hey now, don't spoil it. Um, so I, I guess there's, I have no compelling reason to not watch it. Well, that that sounds like a ringing endorsement. A endorsement. They can put that yeah. on the box. <laughs> um, but let's let's just move right on to the next show uh, on on our docket here, the, the newsroom episode two, News Night two point I was positive, uh, though mixed on the on on the the pilot to the newsroom. You're, I would say, less of a fan than I am of of the show. Uh, what did you think of episode two? Boy, this just kind of sucked. Uh, I mean, I'm being a little bit harsh. It had some okay elements here and there, but I was just so distracted by the stuff that really didn't work. 
Um, the main issue for me is, and I, I, I want to take credit for predicting this, but really it's just because I read so much about it. I was fearful of where things were going with the Emily Mortimer character, and boy, did that deliver in a big way <laughs> this week. I mean, uh, just having her go from being like hyper competent and like and and having this philosophical direction for the show to not knowing how email works and which was which was actually the thing that bothered me less but then having this big meltdown in front of everybody about her personal issues in the middle of the newsroom give me a break yeah it it wasn't good uh, I'll I'll say that there were still you know aspects and moments and scenes in the episode that I very much enjoyed, but uh, there were a lot of problems, uh, a a lot, pretty much almost all of the scenes involving a female character were troublesome. Though I will say, and uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to your review of Magic Mike yet, but I was, uh, I enjoyed Olivia Munn in her scene. I thought she was good. And I also enjoyed her in Magic Mike. So Apparently, my 2012 is the year of changing Kate's uh, opinion on Olivia Munn. I wasn't overly negative before, but I'm actively enjoying her now. I was distracted by her random lesbianism in Magic Mike. Uh, here, I I mean, she's fine. I'm not going to admit that she's good yet unless she really d- like pulls it out of somewhere because I really don't like her at all. Um, in the meantime, yeah, everything with Allison Pills. And I love Allison Pill. I think she's awesome. Um, I would really like, I would like nothing more than to see her in a great role doing great things, but, uh, really you're going to have her in this, like, again, an annoying love triangle and just sort of being flustery all the time and needing to be shepherded around by men to know what she's doing. And, uh, well, and perhaps the, the thing that, that, uh, threw this into the most stark relief for me was, I was, of course, I've seen the Sorkin supercut the way that I'm sure any TV fan who's on Twitter at this point has, um, and I love it. I think it's great. I think it's so much fun, um, and I, I, got, I got a complete kick out of it. Um, but that's been prompting me to in, into YouTube spirals of West Wing and Sports Night over the past uh, several days. And, and Studio s- Sixty, right? Over or Sports Night and West Wing's uh, YouTube spirals over the past few days. Uh, so. Today I was—I don't even remember what prompted it, but I typed in something about because uh, I think I was getting—I was frustrated with uh, the Mac character in this week's episode of the newsroom. So I just typed into YouTube uh, Felicity Huffman Sports Night to to get a dose of Dana Whitaker, who I enjoy so much more, and clicked one clicked on one clip and it was a, it was the from sports night the scene with jeremy and natalie playing poker and it was the exact same character dynamics that we're seeing on newsroom in about two minutes so it, so it was the exact same thing but done so much better and so seeing i mean as much as i really again i also enjoy i enjoy each of the actors involved i think in that story i'm not as big on the scuzzy um, I guess not ex-boyfriend, if we're to believe Alison Pill's character at the end of the episode. Um, but I, I do, they're likable actors, but it's, I've seen this story before and I've seen mm-hmm. it in a half hour format instead of an hour format, which means the same character beats are gotten to twice as quickly. And, and so I'm not, I'm really not looking forward to, to where this arc and where the blatantly obvious 
Will and Mackenzie arc is going over the next several episodes. I'm hoping that Aaron Sorkin will react to the criticism and pull out of the skid. Because I do think there's a lot still potential for a good show here. But by all accounts, we're going to have to wade through at least four episodes of crap <laughs> to get there. Um, and I and don't it's going to if... be deepening crap, I think, <laughs> has been the indicator. Yeah, and I don't know if Aaron Sorkin is at a point in his career where he feels the need to bend to what critics are saying and, and thinking about his show, or if he prefers to stay true to what he wants to talk about. Does he seem like the sort who's going to respond to criticism well? <laughs> he doesn't strike me that way. Um, I think the other thing that really depressed me about this episode was just how clear to me how bad an idea it was to set the show in our 2010 with fake journalists and real news replaying the same, you know, quote, plot points that we all know are going to happen because assuming that, you know, because for the fact of the matter is if you're, if you're watching the newsroom, you probably watch actual TV news. So, you know, all this stuff, it's just, you're mm -hmm. watching characters go through the, <sighs> it's boring. Mm -hmm. It is boring to watch. It's it should this should be exciting TV, and it's just not at least eighty percent of the time. Well, and I think that the broadcasts are actually the strength of the show right now because the interpersonal dynamics and the female characters are so messed up that when they actually do go into the production of the show, that's the most interesting and most successful part. Except that then it's weighed down by. All, all the baggage that comes with setting this show in 20, 2010. Apparently, the next few episodes are going to kind of fast forward somewhat in the timeline as they go through the uh, 2010 election season. Um, so it is possible that, again, Sorkin will get, get the point and fast forward maybe by the end of the season or even next season if it gets renewed. I think it's notable that it hasn't gotten renewed yet. It has gotten renewed. It has? Oh, see, I missed yep. that. So the next season, if he starts it in 2012 or 2013, then I think that's perhaps uh, a lot more I think he should start it in 2017 and start inventing future news. Yeah, both it and True Blood were renewed, by the oh, way. Well, True Blood is just... I, I, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, interested to see where True Blood goes next year, considering Alan Ball is stepping down as showrunner. So maybe some of the issues that we discussed will get uh, addressed in the new season. But um, I don't have any faith they'll get addressed this season, uh, but maybe next year. Um, anyways, I, I mean, I think it's really easy to get repetitive on, on Newsroom. And I'm I actually, I oppose it to you, which would normally be a you know off-mic discussion. Should we keep covering Newsroom every week? Or should we wait um, until our opinions change? I think... It's gonna it, it's gonna depend on if it starts screwing up in new ways. <laughs> I mean, uh, in I because I don't really have any faith it's gonna get better. At least not soon. Um, I mean, as long as it as long as it seems like okay, as long as I can watch it without hating myself for that reason, and as long as we feel like we can you know discuss it in ways that bring up new stuff great I, I i very i came very very close to just hitting stop in the middle of that emily mortimer breakdown scene i just i almost said just screw it i'm done already but i just i feel that it's like it's gonna get so much worse you have to see it so i don't know we'll see so, so you're but, at a uh you're at a smash uh sort of viewing i i, place I feel it. like this might reap much greater dividends than smash but see, we'll cause see because 
Because it's so much more pompous than Smash. Well, and Smash, when it was terrible, uh, was was frustrating, but more in an entertaining kind of way. When this is terrible, I just kind of want to throw my remote into it's my got TV. The, it's got that nails on chalkboard effect when it gets really, really bad. Yeah. So, well, I guess you'll have to stay tuned to our next few episodes to see whether <laughs> see how we... the agony evolves. Yes, whether we keep covering it. Um, and uh, so I guess we're, we'll uh, that'll wrap up our week in TV, and we're going to take a quick break here, listen to some music, and come back and talk the Louis premiere, Something is Wrong. Tienes que bailar lo más posible para una pista más larga. Baila, 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 baila un montón. That was actually, I'm not, I'm not sure what that was because I can't seem to find the info for the music on this show anywhere online. But that was the lovely piece uh, featured in the middle of the season's, uh, the season premiere from Louis as Louis motorbiking or motorcycling around the city. Um, so if you know what this song is called, please let us know so that I can give it a proper uh, crediting on the website. Um, but this was the season three premiere of Louie last year. It was uh, our joint number one show of the year. And the, the, the early critical response has been season three is great. The premiere, not so, not so hot. Um, did that make you any you know nervous about, about this before you saw it or what, how did that affect the way you viewed this premiere? Uh, nervous is, is too strong. What what really freaked me out about uh, critics who have seen the first five episodes, and by the way, can I just say, F the lot of you, um, was a few of them actually were so bold as to say, this is so far even better than season two, which which scares me, frankly, because I'm worried about... I'm worried about the guy burning out. I You know, he's, he can only make 13 episodes of a great show by yourself so often. Um, but yeah, I was a little concerned because everyone was like, oh, you know, the, the first, the, the two through five are amazing. The first one's just okay. I thought this was great. Um, I thought it was, I mean, if, if I think back on, on sort of what a week episode of Louie looks like, which I would say was like the only real example from season two would be the Halloween Ellie episode. Which I liked a lot more than you did. We, yeah, there you go. And I thought this was way, way, way better than that episode. Um, this was even almost on par with some of the best stuff from last season, which, like I said, is scary. Uh, but in a good way. I thought this was fantastic. Um, I thought it more so than it, it you know, it, it keeps the basic format of the first two seasons in terms of splitting up between stand up and not stand up elements, but it felt more cohesive than a lot of uh, older episodes in terms of keeping the theme present. Um, there are some interesting new dynamics here. We get the, we, we see the ex-wife for the, for the first time, which, <laughs> which was great, <laughs> which was great in a few different ways. Um, it's, I find it interesting that he now feels like he can do that in the show where it feels like for a long time, he felt the need to keep a distance from that subject and now doesn't seem to need that. And maybe, you know, maybe through casting employs some other kinds of distance, but we'll get there. Uh, maybe. And just watching people try to react to this online has been hilarious because people just don't understand that the show has no continuity for the most part. Um, 
And so when you when you start not having continuity, people get really confused and try to justify it like, oh, this is a different ex-wife or the kids are adopted. Oh, just people are dumb. But this show is amazing. Uh, yeah, that was that was hilarious uh, when the the ex-wife came up and she was black. And of course, you know, last season we saw the kids, I think, in one of the very few elements of continuity. It was the same daughters over the course of the entire second season whenever they turned up. Um, but for, for me, I, I had so much fun with this episode. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but what I think helped my enjoyment of it more than anything else was the fact I was watching it with my sister who has never seen any Louie before. She isn't familiar with his stand-up comedy, really. She knows that apparently he's really funny and I love his show, but, and so, so does, you know, the rest of my family who has seen it, but she hadn't seen any. So we're watching this and I'm just laughing my butt off at, scenes of New York with a soundtrack and she's like it's just scenery why are you laughing I'm like because Louis is <laughs> the star of a 40s you know Italian motorbiking movie and it's hilarious uh so yeah just you know when when he gets a call from the ex-wife I'm laughing my butt off and my sister doesn't know that the kids are white or were white uh, and so she you know so that I think made me enjoy it more than anything else but just the I mean the 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 different kinds of humor uh throughout the episode were things that I really appreciated. I felt like again with that middle sequence when he's riding on the motorcycle, I felt like we got more of his more cinematic uh a- approach and it reminded me of the the episode last season with the house when he starts dancing around the the courtyard of how the house mm-hmm. is going to fix everything. Um, so, so I'm curious what you thought about that. And, uh, also we got to talk about the, uh, just the most hilarious, what is that crane ever? (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. I was reading a little bit about that and, you know, apparently when cars get demolished on TV, a lot of the time they'll take, um, they'll take non-functioning models or, you know, they'll, they'll find ways around it that are cheaper. No, he got an actual, you know, infinity and he had he had one chance to shoot that thing getting crushed, and God damn if he didn't nail it. <laughs> I just just the way just it's the it's the small pleasures with Louis that you have to take in, like just the way it crushed the top and then just took a second and then just kept smashing and smashing <laughs> was just amazing. Um, just so it, it was to me it was the only like gut you know, sort of belly laugh of the episode, a lot of which was actually quite sober and serious by Louis standards, um, which, you know, can get quite sober and serious for those of us who remember the God episode, uh, the first God episode, I should say. Um, and everything with Gabby Hoffman, who plays his girlfriend, and this is another thing we've never seen him with a steady girlfriend before, and we don't see him for long here, but it's, again, another dynamic he's never explored before. I get the feeling there's going to be quite a bit of dating content in this season, which should be interesting to watch. Um, and just, yeah, his scenes of just being totally inarticulate and, and it, it, it was such a nice contrast with the newsroom where, you know, yes, this woman is a little bit loopy and a little bit talky, but she's also 100% right 100% of the time. So, you know, you can see how he's, you can see why he's maybe not that enthused about the relationship, but you can also see that she's completely in the right. Well, and it's not even that she, because I know some people get frustrated with the she's always right, he's always wrong dynamic that we frequently see on on terrible sitcoms of uh, 
the shrewish wife and the uh the dopey husband um but it, it wasn't even that you can see you can almost see where he's coming from but it's just that they have such completely different approaches and way ways of looking at a moment so when when she's you know she's gotten him some soup or something like that and and um when when she's trying to make him feel a little bit better after hearing he's been in an accident uh, he sees he's thinking seeing a moment and she's seeing an entire stretch of time Mm-hmm. and 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 the causality of it and so the the completely different approaches to the relationship i think are both valid and both interesting and i'll be curious to see because you know if as if we get more dating or when we get more dating this season if louis is going to use this as a way to ex- explore gender roles and to explore uh things like this you know and if he's make, going to be making a comment on on dating and and the sexes or the genders or if it's just gonna be no i'm just like this this is just you know louis is just like this right you know and and have have very different uh interactions with the various women he encounters but i also you know i I was watching that noticing these are the things i noticed being myself just that her her hair i can't remember the last time i saw somebody on television who had the little curl of hair in front of her ear, just kind mm-hmm. of untidily just out because, and I, I was watching it and I put my hand up to my ear and I had those on each side. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, what's the last time I saw somebody on TV who didn't have perfectly quaffed, you know, hair that was, they took 30 minutes to make it look just appropriately messy. Right. Um, so, so just the, the realism and the humor and the difference of approach and of voice, I've missed Louie. It's nice to have him back. Yeah, it, it really is. And I know way more about the forthcoming season than anybody should, and I'm not going to repeat any of it, but damn, does this season sound nuts. I'm <laughs> really, really excited for what's to come. Just the, the, yeah, I won't say anything, but it's 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 going to get cray, is all I have to say. <laughs> I know that uh, some of our listeners, uh, Mario in particular, are tuning into Louie for the first time. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think. And I hope you're enjoying it as much as we are, because um, that is the correct answer. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it is. Uh, and the other thing is, it's insane to me that everyone isn't watching Louie already. But also, if you're not already watching it, it's maybe the only great show on TV right now, like truly great, brilliant show that you don't it doesn't matter when you start watching there is mm-hmm. no continuity None. just dive in yeah absolutely it's, you can start right now you can start in the middle of season one you could start next week it won't matter at all well but what is interesting and they were talking about this on previously on last week or this this week on their episode is that while that is absolutely the case, if you look at it as a larger whole, each season has had somewhat of a of an arc. Yes. For the character. And so so the Louis we're seeing now in the season three premiere is different and more developed and has, you know, matured somewhat as compared to the Louis from season one and season two. I think so. I think ju- that juxtaposition is really interesting. And uh, and it's also, you know, in, in the in these days of increased serialization, it's nice to be able to just as if I would actually miss an episode of Louis, but if you did, to be able to just mm-hmm. drop in. Right. And uh, although 
uh, no, you know, I can't talk about the forthcoming season at all. That it may not hold up that way forever. But <laughs> for now, let's just say that yeah, if you watch the series in sequence, you'll get. I won't say more out of it, but you'll get different things out of it than just catching random episodes. There's definitely through lines. There's definitely little evolutions. I mean, the one through line for the whole show is Louis, obviously. But his circumstances change radically from episode to episode. And he admits in this episode that he's actually got some money once, which is new for the character. And I'll be curious to see if that keeps up throughout the season or if they're just going to yo-yo that as as needed Anyway, yeah. well, we'll we'll see what happens with it. It it's definitely I once Breaking Bad comes back is going to be assumedly is going to be a, a battle royale for the spotlight over the course of the next uh, few weeks. Pretty much, yeah. Unless unless Alphas really kicks it up a notch, which would be great because I would love for it to be a three way battle. But yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be pretty much those two. Yeah. Well, looking forward to it. So we're going to take another quick break here and listen to a little bit more music. And then instead of a DVD shelf, we're going to come back with uh, a truncated uh, preview of Comic-Con and what uh, what's, what's going on at Comic-Con this year for TV. So we'll be right back after this. At last by Etta James because at last I'm going to Comic-Con. Comic-Con's going to start up next week from the 11th to the 15th. And so we thought we would give you a bit of a preview of what the TV uh, coverage and panels are going to be like uh, at the con this year. It's it's crazy. There's a lot. Yeah, there's some would say too much. It's pretty, it, it's, uh, I was looking at the schedule as they were releasing it and it's fairly overwhelming. So, uh, so just, uh, we're going to just kind of break down. Just, we're only talking about the TV thing, the TV panels that are going to be going on. There's so much in for film and for comics and there's all sorts of stuff, toys, collectibles, but this is just going to be TV. So let's kick it off and talk about preview night, which is going to be the Wednesday. And the main thing at preview night for TV is that they are going to be screening pilots, uh, which I'm looking forward to because that'll cut down my uh, my watching as the TV season starts. But um, do you want to, Simon, why don't you give us a rundown of what the different pilots are going to be? Sure. So ABC is bringing along 666 Park Avenue, which is not the Monsters reboot, which is 13 Mockingbird late. I think that they really need to not have those be on TV at the same time. But anyway, uh, this features Terry O'Quinn as the devil, apparently, or some variant of the devil. He's married to Vanessa Williams. There's some sort of suburban angle. I'm not really sure what that's about, but, you know, Terry O'Quinn. Uh, you've got the CW's Arrow, which is you know, obviously the Green Arrow. Um, superheroes on TV. I guess you can have fun with that. Or try to. Uh, then there's one of 
what seems like about 17 serial killer shows this fall. <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon stars in The Following, which is going to be on Fox Mondays as a mid-season replacement. Uh, have fun with that. And uh, James Purifoy also... Oh, and Natalie Z, I didn't realize that, which is going to be complicated for Justified, I'm assuming. And uh, Resolution, which is the J.J. Abrams-affiliated post-apocalypse drama, which seems to feature sword fighting and horses and Giancarlo Esposito, so maybe it couldn't be all bad, although the buzz I'm hearing about it is not fantastic. And finally, uh, something called Cult, which is going to be a uh, mid-season CW replacement, which is just about the most lukewarm arrangement of words you can use for a television show. And, uh, yeah, more serial killers and something about a, uh, a, a connection to a fictional TV show, which makes it sound like it's a really limited idea for a, on, on, an ongoing series. But maybe that's just me. Um, I, the thing I'll mention about Cult is that it's created by Rockne Asobanen, who uh, is the creator of Farscape, which I know you haven't checked out, but is one that I really enjoy. Um, and this is, stars Matt Davis, um, who's, of course, Alaric on Vampire Diaries. And Alana Tal, who uh, uh, genre fans will know from Veronica Mars and Supernatural. Um, so I'm more interested in that one due to its creator and its cast and its premise. Um, I would also mention that uh, Revolution is created by Eric Kripke, who created Supernatural and was the day to day showrunner for the, for the first five seasons or also the good five seasons of that show. Um, and I expect your hate mail it can be uh, sent to the televerse at gmail.com. Um, so, yeah, some interesting things. I mean, they're clearly pa playing to the Comic-Con crowd here with the ones that they're choosing to show. But we'll see. Yeah, maybe some of them. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm being dour almost on purpose, but uh, <laughs> hope, hopefully some of that will be fun. Yeah. And so then let's move on to Thursday. Um so many, so many panels. I'll just uh, list off here what what the TV series panels are. There's going to be in the morning, um, Battlestar, Fairly Odd Parents, Tough Puppy, uh, Dragons Riders of Burke. Which I'm sorry, are they intentionally, you know, trying to do a Dragon Riders of Pern like mistaken thing? Do you? That's a book series. I'm just confused by all of these words. <laughs> Well, that, that's a Cartoon Network uh, spinoff of How to Train Your Dragon. Um, then in the afternoon, we have Mad, Power Rangers 20th Anniversary, Psych, Teen Wolf, Beauty and the Beast, Wilfred. Uh, in the evening, we have Elementary, the new uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, series on CBS, Archer, Nikita, Dexter, Workaholics, and Holliston. Um, and then if, as we look at the other TV panels that will be going on, um, there's one about uh, moving from book franchises, uh, adapting them for TV and film. There's an uh, interesting looking panel on prosthetics in horror, and uh, as well as how to, uh, there's pitch, how to pitch, a panel on how to pitch, um, a panel on the Joss Whedon comics, Tarzan and John Carter, it's the 100th anniversary the TNG conversion to Blu-ray, um, a panel on Classics Caspo, I, Supo, sorry, I don't know how to say that, which is the animation company that made Rugrats, Real Monsters, and Wild Thornberries, and then the character of music, TV and film music, um, and the science of science fiction, and history of the modern zombie. So that's a lot 
on Thursday, what on this list seems interesting to you? Uh, well, I mean, that uh, music panel you just mentioned has Nathan and Ryan Johnson. That sounds kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously the series that I enjoy, Archer, Wilfred. Yeah, <laughs> <That's not laughs> yeah so know. the FX shows, if you were here, you'd be checking out the FX and uh, FX shows and maybe a couple. I, mean, I think the prosthetics uh panel could be a lot of fun um they're gonna have the the makeup producer from true blood there oh i almost forgot the there's a panel on uh lou scheimer and filmation as well um i know there's a lot of whedon fans out there um but for for me the thursday there's interesting stuff going on but this is also if it you know if i take some time to walk the floor it'll probably be on thursday um because then as we move on to friday and you will give us a rundown of what's going down on friday Sure. Uh, so there's wow. There's so very much. Uh, let's just uh, let's just run through it. Community, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There is a table read of Dan Versus for Nickelodeon. Venture Brothers, which will hopefully continue news about when the hell they're coming back. Uh, Legend of Korra, Cult, Annoying Orange again. Nickelodeon, NTSF, SDSUV, and for that matter, all the other Adult Swim stuff. Big Bang Theory, Firefly, Sixty Six Park Avenue, Regular Show. Walking Dead, uh, Bones, Tron Uprising, Game of Thrones, uh, Arrow, Shazam, Robot Chicken, Bob's Burgers, Black Dynamite, which I know you're excited about for some reason, Falling Skies, Spartacus, War of the Damned, which is of course now going to be their last season, which is sort of exciting, uh, Brickleberry, Defiance, Breaking Bad, uh, The 99, Dark Matters, Twisted But True, Strike Back, and something called the Aquabat Super Show. There's also Kaijudo, um, which is also a hub show. The 99 Kaijudo Aquabats, these are all shows on the, the hub, which is an, I, I, it's this channel I've only just started to hear about in the past like year or so. But I'm kind of interested just based on, they have a show called Aquabats. Yeah, fair enough. That just sounds fun. <laughs> and then for the non-TV series panels, what, else, what do we have going on Friday? Uh, let's take a look. We have How to Break into TV Writing, Avatar Press, Hero Worship in Film and Comics. Uh, that's There's a connection to Alphas there, hence its listing here. EW Women Who Kick-Ass panel with Kristen Bauer Van Stratton, Sarah Wayne Callies, Kristen Krug, Nikki Reed, Anna Torv. That's a pretty good lineup. Um, Sci-Fi That Will Change Your Life, uh, Dark Horse with Joss Whedon. I assume that's strictly about comics. Uh, Girls Gone Genre with Marty Knox and Janice Benson and others, Designing for the Undead. Uh, and Then What Happens, serialized shows that ended too soon with writers from Dollhouse, Flash Forward, Firefly, and The Middleman. A couple of those are being generous to themselves and ending with Worst Cartoons Ever. So a lot going on on Friday. I guess, you know, if, when I'm looking at this, of course, I've been prepared and warned that it's smart to... Just pick a few of the panels that you really want to go to and leave lots of time for standing in line just because it's going to take forever to get into some of these. Uh, I'm not that interested in, for example, the community panel. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun, but given that I, I doubt they're going to have any creative types there in an attempt to not uh, incur geek rage from the, 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 the Comic-Con crowd, I'm a little less interested in that. But uh, So I guess on Friday... The things that stand out to me, I'm going to try to get into the Firefly panel. I imagine that'll be several hours of standing in line, hopefully, to get into that. 
Um, and then Game of Thrones, if I can. Bob's Burgers would be fun. Uh, Breaking Bad, the Breaking Bad panel is going to show the, they're going to screen the pilot or the premiere with the entire cast and, and product and the um, creators. Um, and that sounds awesome, but it's also at the same time as, as the, um, the, and then what happened uh, one, which I thought, which could be fun. So I'm not, you know, do you, we'll do you really want to, do you really want to sit around and hear what the flash forward people were going to do with more time if they had no, it? No, but I'm curious about what the dollhouse firefly and middleman people would have done. Even, so even middleman, like middleman, you know, it's, it's, it's it doesn't it didn't have the sort of ending where it's like oh i must know what happens next it would have been nice if they'd had more episodes but it's not exactly <laughs> a burning question in the back of my mind well i figure it's a good second you know if you don't if i don't get into breaking bad i can try to get into that one Fair how about enough. you what would you um, be checking out i think what i would do is i would not go to community because i wouldn't um, and then I, I think I just parked myself at Adult Swim for a while because all their stuff is at the same room. So Venture Brothers, uh, Children's Hospital for sure. And then I would leave in time to get to Game of Thrones because obviously it's Game of Thrones. Um, other than that, it's kind of all a toss up. Yeah, I mean, I, I would obviously, I think anyone who doesn't go to the Breaking Bad panel to see the new episode with the cast is foolish. And should reconsider their priorities. Other than that, uh, yeah. Any of the uh, non-series panels stick out to you, or not so much? Uh, I mean, the one about breaking into into TV writing is kind of interesting, but um, obviously not actually that relevant to my life. Um, I mean, a lot of them are just comic-related, which also doesn't interest me. Uh, you can see that why I'm not at Comic-Con right now. Um <laughs> Uh, the, the women who kick ass panel looks, sounds kind of interesting. That's probably mm -hmm. the one that's you know, I, I, just, just based on the lineup is most interesting to me, but then you'd probably have to deal with lots of ogling fanboys, which kind of makes me upset. That's true. That's true. But I, I, they've got, I mean, at this point that for, I mean, you have Kristen, uh, Bauer von Stratton, who's been here the past few years for True Blood and Sarah Wayne Callies, even before Walking Dead was used to probably wrangling the, the ogling fanboy somewhat from her, her stint on uh, Prison Break. Right, yeah. You know, so like these days are people who theoretically will know how to handle the potential awkward uh, Q&A section of, of the panel. Yeah, I'm worried about me not being able to handle it. <laughs> Um, let's move on to Saturday. Um, there's, again, a bunch of stuff. Let's see. Warehouse 13, Attack of the Show, um, Ultimate Spider-Man, Once Upon a Time, Avatar, The Last Airbender, all in the morning. Then in the afternoon, we have Futurama, Phineas and Ferb, Simpsons, Family Guys, uh, Clone Wars, Alphas, American Dad, Being Human and Grimm, Vampire Diaries, Disney Channel TV. So it's like a generic um, hour for their other shows that aren't getting specific panels. Then in the early evening and into the night, we have the following Shameless, True Blood, Glee, Person of Interest, Metal Hurlant Chronicles, Revolution, Mythbusters, Lost Girl, and Femme Fatales. And then in the non-series, so like just other TV-related panels, we have um, Creating Animated TV Series in the morning. Then in the afternoon, um, there's a couple of these uh, panel on cartoon voices. So interviews with uh, voice actors that people will be familiar with from TV, film, and uh, video games. 
then uh, uh, a conversation with Brian Fuller, uh, Sid and Marty Croft, Past, Present, Future, fan favorites uh, by TV Guide with uh, Nathan Fillion, David Giuntoli, Joel McHale, uh, Tyler Posey, Maggie Q, and Matt Smith, who is the current Doctor. I know you're not Doctor Who guy, but that's that's pretty fun. Then we have a spotlight on J. Michael Straczynski, another spotlight on Ben Edlund, The Right Stuff, uh, which I assume will be about writing for TV. Um, then there's a panel with Shatner and Roger Corman that's going to be moderated by Kevin Smith and that many personalities in one room, I think, has got to be uh, interesting at least. Yeah, when you when you put Shatner and Corman together with with Kevin Smith, you've got one whole personality left over. Um, then we have costume designers and illustrators from concept to reality with, um, there's going to have a bunch of different costume designers. One of them being Shauna Tripchik, who did the costumes for Firefly, Cabin in the Woods, and some other things as well. Um, then in the, uh, later evening, we have building props for sci-fi in the 21st century. Um, and Larry Nemechek's Trekland. Then, uh, there's going to be a Star Wars trivia panel, um, and at, in that in the night and make it so what interface design and science fiction can learn from each other. So what stands out on Saturday? Uh, what stands out is a bunch of things you could never pay me to see uh, in that last run of stuff you were just talking about, um, particularly anything that Kevin Smith is involved in just is anathema to me. Um, on the actual, uh, in terms of the actual TV individual show panels, I mean, I think... Regardless of my thoughts on where it is now, I would have to see a Simpsons panel just to see those those personalities dueling, mm-hmm. As, assuming, you know, the, the actual cast shows up, which I'm guessing they would, uh, or at least a significant chunk of them. Uh, in, in On the same sort of token, uh, Futurama would be fun. Uh, I'm pretty sure Metal Hurling Chronicles is something you made up. <laughs> And that's about, I don't know, Saturday's kind of slow for me in terms of the TV show stuff. Um, the the Outsiders panel sounds fun. I can block out Matt Smith, or uh, Outsiders fan favorites. Um, the, uh, the, the the writing panel with Javier Grillo Marquash uh, sounds interesting to me as well, just because I like his stuff in general. Um, that's about it. Oh, see, there's so much more on Saturday that I'm interested in than you, though. That's interesting. Um, let's see. For the shows, I would, I, you know, I, the one of the shows that I most feel bad about not having caught up with is Avatar: The Last Airbender because I keep hearing it's amazing, and uh, I was hearing that for quite a while before that terrible, terrible movie came out. Um, so that I think that would be uh, fun. Along with Phineas and Ferb is another one that I keep hearing amazing things about. Uh, uh, then I would say uh, they're going to go straight from Vampire Diaries to True Blood in Ballroom 20. So if you could get in, that would probably be be a lot of fun. Um, and then I, I'm way more interested in a lot of these uh, non-TV uh, show panels. Like the um, the fan favorites, I'm sure, would be fun. But uh, Spotlight on J. Michael Straczynski, Spotlight on Ben Edlund. Um, you know, I, those are both writers that I very much enjoy. Um, I think costume design is, is really fun, in, fun and interesting and props. I mean, for sci-fi props can be uh, a lot of fun as well. So I think I'm more interested on Saturday in the panels that are less specific to a particular series and more uh, interviews and talking with particular creative uh, types and particular creative jobs related to television. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the lineup for the actual show, I mean, I, 
can't imagine you getting too hyped up about the combo of Glee and Person of Interest, for instance. Not anymore. It used to used to be I would have gotten very excited about a Glee panel. At this point, though, no. Just, okay. No. Uh, I'm over let's, it. Let's move on to Sunday. Sunday is the, the big day. Last year, um, especially Game of Thrones was one of the big ones. There were a lot of TV show panels that were just far uh overfilled like they didn't there were lines out the door uh for the entire length of the panels one of the biggest ones where they had underestimated the fan uh interest was game of thrones and so you'll see this year it's in hall h which is the largest hall it's enormous and then on sunday there's a lot sunday's kind of the tv day as far as you know getting the big rooms and that trend has continued this year my god some of this is horrifying i'm just reading it now for the first time Oh, I need to be very far away from San Diego on Sunday afternoon. Okay, because? Go for it. Because, well, okay, let's start with the TV shows because it's the less scary part. Uh, so Fringe, Level Up on the Cartoon Network, uh, Merlin, and Ninja... Ninjago. Ninjago, that's a Lego thing. I'm This whole resurgence of Lego culture confuses me also. I feel very old today. Lego's amazing! Feel very old today, indeed. Uh, Supernatural. Not sure who. Um, <clears throat> That's Doctor Who. DC Nation. Ben Ten. Omniverse. Uh, the Cleveland Show. That's on Fox, obviously. Uh, SpongeBob and Sons of Anarchy is the uh, last panel that ends uh, in the early afternoon. And then, as for the non-specific show-related panels, in that sense. Uh, we have Cartoon Voices 2, uh, a whole thing on Janus Benson called An Anagram for Openness, which it is. That's creepy. Um, I don't know why I find anagrams creepy. I just do. Uh, California Brandcoats meet up. I assume that's some creepy Firefly uh, thing. And um, I didn't I, I didn't go into this expecting to find all this creepy. I just do. Um, then, a, then a Buffy thing. Buffy turns 20. Uh, behind the music with CW3PR, composers and singers on creating the perfect sound for TV and film, with composers from The Borgias, Phineas and Ferb, Castle, etc., etc., etc. Where's Bear McCreary is all I want to know. Exactly. Um, uh, next up is Starship Smackdown All-Stars, which sounds like something I don't want to be close to, and closing off with a great big sing-along of Once More with Feeling from Buffy. And this is... When I talk about stuff that I don't want to be anywhere close to, this is what I mean. <laughs> what? You don't like a good sing-along? I like a sing-along. No. I like to sing. No, you know, actually, the best time to sing is when you're walking around at night really, really late with headphones on and there's nobody around. That's the best time to sing. Um, Not there's... in a giant room with a bunch of creeps you don't know. They're not creeps. They're friends you haven't made yet. <laughs> sure. I wouldn't have gone with so cheesy of a line, except that you're... Ah, I feel the need to overcompensate for your ridiculousness. Or it's clearly a good thing that you're not uh, headed to Comic-Con, because you see this and go, Ah, too many people, I don't know them. And I see this and go, Oh, so many people that I could talk to for hours. Yes, this is why you're an ideal Comic-Con candidate, and I'm an ideal <laughs> stay-home-and-not-go-to-Comic-Con candidate. <laughs> so what on Sunday is the most interesting to you? Um, well, I would happily avoid all that stuff at the end and probably go drink alone. Um, Fringe might be fun. I'd be curious to see if they have any idea what in hell they're doing. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah, I think I would I would check out at about 11 in the morning and um, 
probably go throw rocks at things. Well, you know, go walk the floor, go see what else is going on. I mean, Sunday... Or that, the, yeah. The reason Sunday is uh, is so much shorter is that that's the last day of the con. Things start rolling up. People start uh, heading out to take, catch their flight home. So it's that's sort of why TV is kind of taken over uh, a lot of the largest spaces on, on Sunday. Uh, because the movie panels are pretty much all done. Um, and so it, it's, there's a little more space to, to breathe in the schedule then. So I think it'll be interesting depending on what the turnout is. Uh, if, if Sunday, if we start seeing Sunday expand to be basically the TV day, um, and some of these other panels moved over to Sunday next year, um, for, for me, I'm going to get there early, wait in line, plant my butt in Hall H and, and watch, uh, the fringe supernatural and Dr. Who panels, and then we'll see what happens after that. Maybe I'll go check out the uh, the Buffy panel. Maybe I'll uh, check. See, Starship Smackdown sounds fun to me. That's where you get people uh, arguing and fit. You know, if you have uh, who would win in a fight, the Enterprise, and I would assume you have a specific uh, version of the Enterprise versus the Battlestar Galactica. Which Except would isn't win? the Galactica like fifty times bigger? No, I think Enterprise has got to be bigger, and the the Enterprise at least from TNG is huge. I just realized I'm in the middle of a discussion I don't want to have. <laughs> See, this is why I would probably go check out that panel at, when you would be hitting the bar. So, though I think if I've heard right, your approach is the correct approach to Comic Con. So, anyway, so that's our. Uh, that's our look at the uh, the coverage, the TV coverage for Comic Con this year. Uh, I will be covering the, the the con for the website. I will hopefully be posting things as it progresses. I will definitely be posting a sort of a summary of the day each evening, and uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. If you're going to be at Comic Con and you and you run into me, bump into me. It's a big place, but I'll you know be at the different uh, TV panels be kind of hovering in that area so if you run into me make sure you say hi um it'd be great to to meet some of you guys some of the listeners and uh put a face to some of the names so uh yeah any final thoughts sir other than comic-con is scary um who said anything about a bar anyway uh no i was also wondering if uh you were planning on seeing any movie stuff or if you're gonna stick strictly to tv i think i'm gonna just stick to tv because there's so much of it and uh and but you know we'll see what happens uh best laid plans right uh i've heard frequently that if you get if you start over scheduling yourself too much you're just going to end up disappointed because you're not going to make cuz cuz the lines are are crazy and it's easy to just uh get lost and start wandering so my my idea or my plan is to have a rough outline of a couple things i want to hit and just kind of see where the con takes me well, you know what they say, the best laid plans go awesome all the time because you plan them, obviously. Exactly, yes. It's, that's how it works. Let's mention a few show notes here uh, before we head off. Um, the show's up on soundonsite.org. You can also listen to it streaming um, at Current. It's up in iTunes as well in both a chaptered M4A as well as an unchaptered MP3 feed. We would love if you guys left us some comments uh, or ratings there. It would be great. Really help us out. Um, also, you can reach us both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse. You are? I'm at Sucker Howl. I will be trying to do some live tweeting from Comic-Con, but at the moment, I don't have a data plan. So 
I can't really tweet from my phone. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I would assume I will uh, either be incredibly present on Twitter uh, next week uh, with uh, all the Comic-Con stuff or completely absent <laughs> would probably be one of those two extremes. Right. You can reach us by email at theteleverse at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is Sweet Petite by the Bicycles. And I, what should our question of the week be? Um, uh, hmm, I don't know. Should it be Comic-Con related? We could, why don't we do a Comic-Con question and a non-Comic-Con question? Let's ask... Oh, look, now you it, want two questions. Why don't we ask... Uh, our, I'd be very curious to hear uh, any Comic-Con stories that you guys have or advice you have for me going for the first time. So that can be our Comic-Con related question and then let's say louis yeah why why aren't you watching it if you're not watching it what's your excuse and also watch it that's not a question i'm just saying <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening we will be back next week with another episode of the televerse Anything else, or um, you're you're really choppy, and I can't see you. Also, I'm I'm really choppy. You're really choppy, <laughs> choppy face. <laughs> um.